0: While cell therapies hold great promise for not only halting the progression of degenerative diseases, but potentially restoring the body, cost has remained a barrier. Lineage Cell Therapeutics is developing allogenic cell therapies that don't rely on modifying a patient's own cells, making them scalable and less costly than autologous ones. At the end of last year, the company entered into a partnership with Genentech to develop and commercialize OpRegen, its experimental cell therapy for dry age-related macular degeneration. We spoke to Brian Cully, CEO of Lineage Cell Therapeutics, about the company's platform technology for off-the-shelf cell therapies, how its platform works, and what the collaboration with Genentech will do to advance the technology.
1: Brian, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here today.
0: We're going to talk about lineage cell therapeutics, cell therapies, and its partnership with Genentech to develop and commercialize OpRegen, its cell therapy for dry age-related macular degeneration. Perhaps we can start with the state of cell therapies today. Where are we in terms of realizing the potential of these therapies?
1: Well, thanks, Danny. Um, So I think we're witnessing the beginning of the second generation. Um, The second generation, for me, would be identifiable by the amount of money that's going into these programs, their success in clinical trials, the the quality of people that are involved. Um, All of those are pointing in a very healthy direction, which suggests that uh, we're moving out of the, the early sort of academic promises into the realization of cell therapies as an important new branch of medicine.
0: Where, What's the potential for these therapies, not just to halt the progression of a condition, but to reverse progression and restore the body to a healthier state?
1: Well, it will very much be specific based on what, uh, what condition you're trying to treat. Um, the ability to slow or halt a disease or even reverse it or cure it, that is something that has often been promised by cell therapy, but now we're starting to see evidence, um, not just in Lineage's hands in our program, but in, in others as well. So it, it really is reflecting a maturation of cell therapy as an industry.
0: One of the issues for earlier cell therapies have been that they're autologous, which makes them more complex and, and more expensive. You've developed a platform for allergenic cell therapies, which would allow an off-the-shelf product to be used in any patient. What does this do to the commercial viability and utility of a product?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. So uh, autologous is is typically you're taking cells from a single person and you're treating them in some way and putting them back in. So that's incredibly expensive because you're basically creating a unique or bespoke medicine for each individual. Uh, allogeneic means you're, you're using uh, cells that come from a source that could be used in all patients. So it completely changes the economics um, because you're making the same medicine every time and only the patient changes. So I think ultimately, uh, with very few exceptions, allogeneic and off-the-shelf approaches will eventually dominate the space.
0: Walk me through your platform, which begins with induced pluripotent stem cells. What does it take to move from that starting point to get to a desired product?
1: Well, what we utilize at Lineage is we utilize a cell line. So cell lines are around in almost every lab, but our cell lines have two very special attributes. Um, They are self-renewing. That means we can manufacture an unlimited amount of starting material. So the cells will just keep dividing without changing, and we can make um, you know many, many billions of those cells. Uh, that's unique because typically when you work with cells, you can only divide them maybe forty or fifty times before they're exhausted. But ours are inexhaustible. The other thing that's special is that they are pluripotent, meaning that these cells have the capability to become any of the cell types of your body. If you give them the right instructions, you can make bone cells or brain cells or hair cells or skin cells. So they are an incredibly powerful raw material or starting material for new medicine.
0: We talked about the fact that these are off-the-shelf therapies. One of the challenges with allergenic therapies is that they are not very scalable. How scalable are your manufacturing capabilities?
1: Well, I think that reflects where we started, uh, first generation versus second generation. There were a lot I'm, of problems.
0: I, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. I called them allergenic, they're autologous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no problem. I, I think uh, I think what you're reflecting there is is some of the challenges of early technology, first generation approaches. Um, it, we have invested considerably in technologies to be able to solve some of those scale problems. So for example, for our ophthalmology program in dry age-related macular degeneration, in just a really little, basically the size of a milk jug, about a three-liter bioreactor, we can make the equivalent of 2,500 clinical courses. So uh, it's really easy to go from three liters up to 12 or 30 liter bioreactors, and we're growing them in three-dimensional space. So um, there are technologies that have been applied by Lineage and others that allows people to be able to scale to commercial amounts of product because, let's face it, if you can't scale, you don't have a product. You just have a really interesting experiment. Given that your technology
0: can have broad applications, how do you decide on the indications you're going to pursue and, and how do you prioritize them?
1: Well, that's an ongoing exercise because, of course, the uh, commercial opportunities out there and, and the treatment options are, are always in flux and changing. But in the simplest terms, it's a heat map. We, we list a whole bunch of different cell types that we might consider manufacturing and we match them across all sorts of different parameters, dozens and dozens of different parameters, that uh, reflect characteristics that that you would expect, such as you know what's the uh, what's the commercial opportunity, how difficult is it to make the cells, uh, what is the scale that you need to to go at, and but what you can get as an output is basically a hierarchy of opportunity across you know, hundreds of different types of cells. And through that, many times the most obvious and attractive approaches sort of reveal themselves. And so it's a, it's a very significant strategic initiative that we have to try to figure out where we want to allocate our resources for which disease. Well,
0: let's talk about Oprogen, your experimental therapy for dry age-related macular degeneration with geographic atrophy. What is AMD and how does it manifest itself and progress?
1: Well, dry age-related macular degeneration is one of the leading causes of blindness. Uh, It's very common and there are no FDA-approved treatments for it. And the hallmark of the disease is the loss of specialized retina cells called RPE cells. Um, As those cells die off, typically associated with aging, you're basically outliving your retina cells, um, you begin to lose your vision, most notably your central vision, and it expands outward uh, until you are blind. And so what we are trying to do is uh, treat that condition with a totally new approach by manufacturing replacement retina cells and transplanting them to the eye so that they can take over for the cells that you have essentially uh, worn out.
0: How is the condition treated today, and, and what's the prognosis for patients who have it?
1: Well, if you are diagnosed with dry AMD, um, not, not wet AMD and not dry eye, but dry AMD uh you are told to eat leafy green vegetables and quit smoking there really is no therapy today there are a bunch of companies working on new approaches but there is uh nothing available so you have to manage the very slow but inevitable impairment of your vision you just continuously lose vision as these RPE cells continue to die off. So there's really nothing that can be done for patients other than to provide sort of the comfort uh, in spite of this harsh reality that you are going slowly blind.
0: What is Opergen, your experimental cell therapy, and, and how does it work?
1: Well, Oprogen is a suspension of RPE cells. We deliver approximately 100,000 brand new RPE cells right into what's called the subretinal space. So this is the area where the old retina cells have been dying off. And our view is that by replacing those RPE cells, we can rescue some of the tissue that's in that area and restore function. We would like to be able to not just stop the progression of this disease, but actually regain some of the patient's visual abilities. Well, what's known about its safety and efficacy from studies that have been done to date? Well, we've completed a clinical trial of 24 individuals, and Oprogen appears to have an acceptable safety profile. Most of the adverse events were related not to our cells, but actually to the procedure. And as you might imagine, any new technique can be improved with uh, with some practice and time. So the safety is quite promising. The efficacy, however, is literally unprecedented. Uh, We have been able to show something that no other approach can do, and that is that we have been able to halt this disease in its track in some of our patients, and even in some cases, restore or regenerate some of the area of tissue that had previously been dysfunctional or lost. And that's incredible because human beings cannot regrow retinal tissue. So we know that it is our cells that are responsible for this improvement in the retinal structure.
0: At the end of last year, you entered into a collaboration with Genentech to develop and commercialize OpRegen. How is that deal structured?
1: It was a pretty standard deal. Um, you know Big Pharma is interested in getting access to future commercial rights to products like Oprogen. so uh, so they provided a, a very sizable amount of capital. It had fifty million dollars upfront and an additional $620 million of potential milestones, as well as double-digit royalties. So um, other than perhaps the size of this, of this deal, it was uh, in a very large deal, um, it's very conventional. Uh, Roche and Genentech will take over for the clinical development. They will pay for the additional clinical development, uh, and we will participate uh, as a beneficiary of that advancement of the program and we also contribute through joint steering committees to the development and advancement of the program. So it's a very normal or conventional type deal and we are really pleased that we were able to uh, convince Roche that this was a program that they want to invest such a significant amount of money into.
0: Now, What does the deal do for Lineage?
1: Oh, this is tremendously validating. I, I mean, if if we think again back to that Gen 1, Gen 2 notion of cell therapy, a lot of Gen 1 cell therapy companies really couldn't ever get out of the gate. They had interesting ideas, but there was never any meaningful validation of their technology. They could never call it prove that they had something compelling. Uh, we're in a very different category. Uh, having a deal of uh, you know, potentially a total of $670 million dollars is massively validating not just for oprogen in dry MD, but for our overall view that the use of and transplant of whole cells can sometimes give you better clinical outcomes than the traditional approaches of small molecules and antibodies. And I got to tell you, I neglected to say that when I was describing the anatomical improvements in those patients in our clinical trial, they also enjoyed an average increase in their visual acuity of almost three lines. So we, it's, it's not in every single patient, but we've had some really extraordinary individual case studies that we are delighted about and having that validation from big pharma and having that additional capital to reinvest in our technology, to reinvest in our platform has completely changed the the profile of lineage as a company.
0: And in terms of the development path forward, what will it take to get to a
1: filing? Well, ultimately that will be determined by and managed by and conducted by Roche and Genentech Uh, We are the experts in this relationship with respect to cell therapy, but they are the experts with respect to ophthalmology. So uh, there's a collaboration there to determine what the regulatory path will be. Ultimately, the FDA wants to see a compelling data package with convincing evidence that a therapy provides a clinically meaningful benefit and has a tolerable safety profile. I think we're well underway on that journey. It won't be soon, but it uh, it really does look to me to be quite promising.
0: And as you think about Lineage's
1: strategy, how will partnerships
0: like this play in advancing your pipeline?
1: Oh, I think partnerships are vital. We have many more opportunities than we could ever pursue alone. Um, you know, your body, my body are comprised of over 200 different cell types. Uh, today, we are only working on five. We do spinal cord injury cells. We do photoreceptors for the eye. We, we only can tackle five things uh, uh, currently. So having a partnership, to be able to bring us non-dilutive capital and to expand the scope of what we're able to do and allow us to reinvest, for example, this new program in hearing loss that we have where we manufacture auditory neurons. Um, That is all uh, made possible through having uh, validating corporate partnerships.
0: You've also had some success with grants in terms of partnerships with institutions like the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine and Cancer Research UK. How important is this type of funding for your strategy?
1: Well, those grants are, they're not necessary, but they're certainly appreciated and welcome. It's wonderful that we have organizations like uh, the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine or CIRM. Uh, CIRM is more than just access to capital and grants. Uh, They also have access to to important individuals and key relationships and and other support infrastructure that they can provide. So although I feel that Lineage is certainly capable of raising capital to support its exciting programs, uh, being able to create value for our investors by also bringing in some of this grant funding or or other alliances with in-kind support from groups like Cancer Research UK is, you know, overall part of our strategy to create a, a very large and significant business in cell therapy with partners that are committed to cell therapy like those two.
0: Well, if you would, let's touch on each of those programs. What is CIRM funding and what is Cancer Research UK funding?
1: Well, CERM has provided uh, uh, approximately $14 million to our spinal cord injury program. That's where we manufacture the cells that comprise your spinal cord, and we have treated to date 30. Individuals, And of course, you can imagine that what we're trying to do is help people regain function after they've become quadriplegic uh, from a debilitating spinal cord injury. And so CIRM has provided a lot of uh, direct capital to support the clinical testing of that program. And we hope to continue to work with CIRM in the future. Uh, In a very different relationship with Cancer Research UK, in that program in oncology, we manufactured dendritic cells, which are one of the important cells of the innate immune system. Cancer Research UK supported that program by running a phase one clinical trial where we were able to administer dendritic cells expressing a certain antigen, a tumor antigen, to patients who are suffering from non-small cell lung cancer. So they're very different uh, commitments specific to each program, Uh, and and as I said before, we hope to be able to continue our track record of successful engagement with granting agencies such as those.
0: And how is the company financed to date, and how far will existing funding take you?
1: Well, we're a public company, uh, and of course, The listeners can learn more about our risk factors through our filings at the sec.gov, but we have funded the company through a combination of partnerships like we've been talking about, as well as uh, selling non-core assets that we have successfully monetized in the past. We have done equity issuances Uh, in the future, longer term, of course, we'd like to be funded by our product revenues and our royalty streams. So it is a very conventional uh, capital structure for a biotech company of our size and uh, and stature. And uh, I think hopefully we will be able to continue with that good track record and uh, further grow the company in this exciting new space of of cell transplant and regenerative medicine.
0: It, it's a tough time to be a CEO of a public biotech. What's the conversation like with investors today?
1: Well, it's only a tough time to be a, a public biotech CEO if your stock has fallen horribly far and you don't have good access to capital and you don't have exciting programs. Um, I think uh, we're, we're here at Lineage in a very fortunate place where we have multiple years of cash. We've got this new validation of programs and um, relative to a lot of the other companies out there, our stock is hanging in there not, not too badly. So I always want to see it higher, as you might have guessed. But um, but we're, we're in a pretty good position, but it's incumbent upon us to uh, to not feel satisfied by that and to uh, redouble our efforts to make sure that we're able to advance these programs to patients. And then the value side of it will take care of itself.
0: Brian Cully, CEO of Lineage Cell Therapeutics. Brian, thanks as always.
1: Take care. My pleasure.
0: Thank you.